Please remain standing and turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Kings chapter 5 as we continue our study through Kings. 1 Kings chapter 5, and we'll read all of it. It's a relatively brief chapter for Kings. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram always loved David, and Solomon sent word to Hiram, You know that David, my father, could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord, my God, has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord said to David my father, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command that the cedars of Lebanon be cut for me, and my servants will join your servants, and I will pay you for your servants such wages as you set, for you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. As soon as Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day who has given to David a wise son to be over this great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon saying, I have heard the message that you have sent to me. I'm ready to do all you desire in the matter of cedars and cypress timber. My service to go by sea to the place you direct And I will have them broken up there, and you shall receive it. And you shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar and cypress that he desired, while Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20,000 cores of beaten oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all Israel, and the draft numbered 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. They would be a month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hill country. Besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge of the people who carried on the work. At the king's command, they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gebel did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful to, to you for your word, and we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and speak your word to us, that we would hear the voice of the good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, in our hearts, that we would see him high and lifted up, and that we would offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. A wise master builder. This passage before us essentially is a lumber order. 
Solomon ordered cedar lumber for building the temple from Hiram, the king of Tyre. Now, this might be of interest to the contractors and carpenters and builders and do-it-yourself, and we have do-it-yourselfers, and we have several in this congregation, though most of them are camping this weekend. <laughs> but I realize that a lumber order may not be the most interesting subject for many listeners. Although, given the price of lumber right now, this passage, if nothing else, ought to inspire us all to give thanks that we don't need to purchase this much wood right now. But the construction of the temple actually has a lot to teach us about how the Lord works, what he is doing. Our catechism reminds us that God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. In other words, he's always the same. He's the same now as he was in Solomon's day. So far as we have studied the early reign of King Solomon, the theme of his reign has been wisdom. He asked the Lord to make him wise. And he did. And the wisdom he gave Solomon is displayed in many ways. And here in this passage, when the king of Tyre receives the lumber order, he says in verse 7, Blessed be the Lord this day who has given to David a wise son to be over this great people. This is a manifestation of the wisdom God gave Solomon. Solomon the king here becomes a contractor. A contractor who pulls together the right materials and gathers up the labor force to build the temple of the Lord. And it is no coincidence that the New Testament refers to the church, to us, the people, not the building, us as the temple of God. He dwelt in that structure then and he dwells in his people by his spirit. So Jesus Paul and Peter tell us that we are the temple. The whole church, the people of God gathered. We are the temple and the place where he dwells by his spirit. And Apostle Paul said, the verse you have on the front of your bulletin, that the Lord had called him to be a wise master builder in building up the church, building up the people in much the same way that he had called Solomon to be a wise master builder in the construction of the temple. Now let's look at this wise master builder and see what the Lord is saying to us. First in this passage, 
you see the true foundation of the temple, the true foundation. Look at verse one. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram always loved David. And Solomon sent word to Hiram, you know that David, my father, could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There's neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord said to David my father, your son whom I will set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. Now, at the end of this chapter, Solomon gives command that stones be quarried for the foundation of the temple. But you know, there's something even more foundational, if I may put it that way. There's something even more foundational than the foundation itself. The ground beneath. Why does the tower of Pisa lean? Because the foundation stones were laid on soft ground. We've got some land graders in this church. And the ultimate deepest level foundation of the construction of the temple, beneath the stones, even beneath the earth itself, is found here in verse 5. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God as the Lord said to David my father, your son whom I will set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. God had told David. He had promised David. He had covenanted with David that his son Solomon would build the temple. Now remember, David had wanted to build the temple. The prophet Nathan even initially thought it was a good idea, but the Lord said no. David, you are a man of war. In Solomon's day, there will be peace and he will build the temple. And remember the Lord had promised David, it is not you who will build a house for me, but I who will build a house for you. That is the house and lineage of David as we hear read every Christmas. So Solomon is building the temple on the foundation of God's word. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. And notice that the promise of God propels Solomon to action. You know, if God says something is going to happen, it will happen. I said the Dodgers would sweep the Braves in four games. Well, Braves won game one last night. What I said did not come to pass. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. I prefer to, 
uh, go through life uh, pleasantly surprised and sorely disappointed. But what God says will happen, it will happen. And so our lazy, sluggish flesh could reason. Well, God says he's going to do something. He'll get it done. But see the wisdom of Solomon. The Lord said the temple would be built when I was king and there was peace. So now I better get on it. Acts 18, Paul went to Corinth. The Lord told him he had many people in that city. That is, he told Paul there are many in that city who would believe in Jesus and be saved. Well, Paul did not say, good. The Lord's going to save him. I don't have to go. He's already got him. No, the promise of God propelled him to action. We do the promises of God. You know them. Maybe have one or two of them magnetized to a refrigerator in some artwork. The promises of God more than a pleasant thought. They are intended to propel us to action. The true foundation of this temple was the word of God. So we see the true foundation for the temple. Secondly, in this passage, we see the best materials for the temple. The best materials. Look at verse 6. Now therefore command that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me, and my servants will join your servants, and I will pay you for your servants such wages as you set, for you know there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. Solomon orders this particular type of lumber cut from the cedars of Lebanon. And he wants it cut by the Sidonians because they cut the best. No one cuts timber like Sidonians cut timber. They had some kind of sawmill up there. Solomon will only use the finest materials for the house of God. Now we read of the, the trade he made. He paid Hiram extremely well for this temple and this labor. He wanted to give the Lord the best he could. That's the point, isn't it? Give God your best. 
If I could read on from that verse that's in the front of your building, in front of your bulletin, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and following, Paul speaks of his work as an apostle. He says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If any destroy God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. See, the Apostle Paul says he was to build as a wise or skilled master builder. The foundation is Jesus Christ himself. And what is built on that foundation will be tested by fire in the last day. What materials were used? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, Straw. What's he saying? Give God your best. The last day, the fire of the last day will reveal if what we gave the Lord was pure gold or straw. The best materials. Solomon ordered the finest lumber in the world for God's temple. So we see the true foundation for the temple, the best materials for the temple. Thirdly, in this passage, we see the necessary labor for the temple. Necessary labor. Look at at verse 13. King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all Israel. And the draft numbered 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. They would be a month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hill country. Besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge of the people, who carried on the work, At the king's command, they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gebel did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. 
Now, some have uh, been concerned over the fact that Solomon, it says in verse 13, he drafted 30,000 forced laborers. Well, we are a spoiled lot in our time. People have been drafted and conscripted into service from time immemorial. This was the work of the temple of God. This work had to be done. And so King Solomon drafted a labor force and sent them to work. The people ought not to have complained. You remember that when they uh, had gone to Samuel and said, we need a king, we want a king like all the other nations have. One thing Samuel warned them about was, you get you a king and you're gonna, he's going to draft you into forced labor. Well, they got what they asked for. But this work has to be done. There's no room to let people take a vote on it. So didn't do that then. This is necessary labor. It's building the temple of God. So we see the true foundation of the temple, the best materials for the temple, the necessary labor for the temple. And fourthly and finally in this passage, we see the true meaning of the temple, the true meaning of it. Look at verse 7. As soon as Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day who has given to David a wise son to be over this great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have heard the message that you have sent to me. I am ready to do all you desire in the matter of cedars and cypress timber. My servants shall bring it down to the sea from Lebanon, and I will make it into rafts to go by sea to the place you direct. And I will have them broken up there, and you shall receive it. And you shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar, and Cyprus that he desired. While Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20,000 cores of beaten oil, Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised them. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And the two of them made a treaty. Now, the temple of God in Jerusalem is constructed with Lebanese cedar sent by the Tyrian king cut at a Sidonian sawmill. Hiram, king of Tyre, blesses King Solomon. 
It's a picture of the true meaning of the temple. The temple in which all the nations would come in and be built up into one temple in Jesus Christ. Let me read you what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember that you, Gentiles, were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Listen to this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. As Gentiles, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You see this temple constructed with this Lebanese timber cut at the Sidonian sawmills supplied by the Tyrian king is a picture of us. Gentiles being built up into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has opened the way for all people to come to God. Now you look at this lumber order from 3,000 years ago. We have the same foundation. We have the promise of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. In other words, I will save my people. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, it won't prevail against us. We have the promise of God. We have the best materials for the work. We have the word of God. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the call. To the labor force. 
Jesus has commanded his church to take the gospel to all nations, including the nation where we happen to be right now. And he's promised he is with us always with all power in heaven and earth. And we are, by his mercy and by the power of his spirit inside of us, we are the true temple. This is what we have to work with. And every one of us is called to be a wise builder of the temple of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.